0: Take your Bibles and turn with me tonight, Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12, if you would please stand for the reading of God's Word, if you're able to. we're Sunday nights, of course, past two Sunday nights, we've... uh, Of course, last Sunday night we had the the fifth Sunday singing, the Sunday before that we had missionary in, but uh, uh, we've been preaching through a series that we've titled Living in Unsettled Times. For sure, we're living in a day that is different than be honest with you, that I've ever lived in, in many ways. Living in some unsettled times, a lot of things taking place, a lot of changes, not for the good, and uh, a lot of things that uh, really are lining up with Bible prophecy, with the return of Jesus Christ. I know a lot of people, you say, well, preachers have preached on that for years and years, the return of Christ is soon, and they thought the Lord would come back in their lifetime. Well, I, I see nothing wrong with that. Because at every turn, you see different things taking place. Over the years, there's been things that needed to take place before the Lord's return. One of those was back in 1948 when uh, uh, Israel became a nation again and uh, took control of the land there that they're at now and, and so forth, which opened up the doors for really, from that point on, that the Lord could return at any time. I believe we're living in a day and time when we see a lot of things that are fitting together to bring about the return of Christ, but more than that, that we're seeing things aligning for the what will take place after the return of Christ. Uh, there's still yet some things that I think can happen before the Lord returns. I think one of them is the Ezekiel 38, 39, war possibly will happen before the return of Jesus Christ. I, it don't have to. It could happen right after. I believe it will because they will bury the dead and uh, clean up the landscape and burn that which they uh, find for, for uh, several years there, which would, uh, would be seven years. But that's, they can't do that during the—that's uh, that, that, going to have to take place actually maybe possibly before the tribulation or into the tribulation period at least the first three and a half years and so uh, I believe that that possibly could happen beforehand but I think that we're sitting at a time right now when I believe that uh, we're just waiting for the Lord to say okay it's time and to catch us out of here but now we're seeing so many things that are unfolding that I'll be honest with you I never I, I wondered how certain things could happen and now I see how certain things will happen uh, we are in a, in a time with some, some, some major changes, and so we're in some shaky times, you might say. We're in unsettled times. And so we're going to look at this again tonight. As I said, we're living in unsettled times. Look with me in, in Hebrews chapter 12. We begin reading verse 25. It says, See that you refuse not him that speaketh. And we know that's to be the Lord, the Holy Spirit of God, dealing with our hearts and lives. For if they escaped not who refused him, refused who? Jesus Christ, that spake on earth. Much more shall not we escape if we turn away from Him that speaketh from heaven, whose voice then shook the earth. But now He hath promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not the earth only, but also heaven. And this word, yet once more, signifieth the removing of those things that are shaken, as those things that are not made, that those things which cannot be shaken May remain. You say, Preacher, I don't quite understand. Well, there's some things that can be shaken, and there's some things that God said is steadfast and will not be shaken. You're holding that in your hand right now, amen? amen. You're holding the Word of God. It cannot be shaken, it cannot be uh, disannulled. And there's other things too. It's in verse 28 it says, Wherefore, are we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear for our God is a consuming fire we see this in the pretenses here and and some people would say well that's part of that is when we get to heaven that it cannot be moved no I believe that there's that which cannot be moved today but I also believe there's that which is being shaken today as God speaks as God works and does different things and as he allows things to happen It's not always that God is doing something but that he allows something to take place I might say that uh, it's not going to take place unless the Lord allows it and so look back with me verse 28 says wherefore we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear notice there that he says let us have grace when do you need grace In a time of difficulty, in a time of trouble, in a time of struggle, in a time of shaking, in a time of unsettledness, he said, therefore, he said, let us have grace. During that period of time when those things take place, when we begin to see things shake, he says, let us have grace. Let us have grace. I'd like to preach a message I've titled, Facing a Shaking World Head-On. Let's pray. Father, we come to you. We ask you, Lord, that you would meet with us tonight. We realize that there's unsettled times. We realize that there's some shaking going on. Lord, I pray that tonight that you would encourage us, strengthen us, Lord, as we look into this and as we look at the Scripture, as we look unto heaven, as we listen to the Holy Spirit of God. May our hearts be tender to your moving. Speak to hearts and lives. Lord, there are those who are scoffers. There are those who say, nah, we've been here forever. But that even in itself proves Lord, that your return is near, because you said in an hour in which they think not, the Son of Man cometh. We thank you and we love you, Lord. Bless the preaching of thy word, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You be seated. These are unsettled times and in a shaking world. I believe that we haven't seen, to be honest with you, I don't believe that we've seen the half of it yet. I think that there's going to be more shaking coming. I think there's going to be more unsettledness coming. And a lot of people would look at that and they would be discouraged by it the unsettledness, by the shaking. But I believe the Christian needs to look at it from the right perspective, and we need to face it head on and look at it the way God looks at it. Uh, Many times uh, when you begin to talk to, and over the times, you know, begin to talk to somebody about the last days and difficult times and struggles, different things like that, people say, I don't want to think about it. I don't want to talk about it. I'm talking about Christians. And the reason that they don't many times is because they got the wrong perspective of it and they're not facing it head-on like God wants us to face it head-on and look at it from his perspective instead of our perspective so where really is this shaking coming from many would think well it's from the wicked world the wickedness that they're doing the things that that they're in this life that we're living in you know we we hear about the mandates and they're trying to push and trying to take away freedoms and we hear about uh, the laws that they're passing about the uh, about all kinds of things that that's against, contrary to the Bible, the homosexual marriages and all kinds of things. We could go into it and go into it, but there's no need in that. We see the shaking. We see the difficult times. We see the struggles. We see the coming against Christians. They're in Haiti. You know, they kidnapped uh, some missionaries there in Haiti. Uh, uh, I believe they got one out. They paid for one or something, got one out. But they said, I seen the other day where they said that, uh, that they see the fact of, they feel like they're, they're still alive and they're trying to deal with them and so forth. We see different things taking place, not only in this country, but in other countries where people are turning away and turning against the, the Christians, turning against the church, turning against the things of God. You find in our day and time when even this nation that has been an ally, that has been a great friend to Israel. We now have an administration and different ones in, in, in our Congress that are against Israel that wants to... Uh, put Israel on the back burner, wants the, the Palestinians to take over, and, and on goes the list of things that we see taking, happen, taking place. So where's this all coming from? Where's it coming from? We say, well, it's coming from the devil. Well, I, I believe that, yes, there is. There's that attack of Satan. I believe that Satan is, is running about rampant as a, a roaring lion. The Bible says uh, uh, that we're to be cautious because Satan walketh about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And I believe that he is walking by your door and my door looking for the opportunity to get into your life and my life and to bring about destruction in your life to get you away from God if you're saved, to keep you from getting saved if you're not saved. Satan is a master of destruction. He's a master of lies. You find that the Bible says that he is not only a liar, but he is the father of lies. And so he's going to feed you all kinds of lies and all kinds of misinformation to try to destroy you and to keep you from living for the Lord or getting saved. So where's it really coming from? What is, has what is really taken place? Well, look at with me here again in verse 25 and 26. It says, See that you refuse him not that speaketh. For if they escape not, who refused him that spake on earth, much more shall not we escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven. Notice what it says, Whose voice then spoke, or then shook the earth? Whose voice? Jesus Christ. He's the one that That uh, his voice shook the earth. But now he hath promised saying, yet once again, uh, once more, I shake. Who's, Who's doing the shaking? I shake Jesus Christ. Not the earth only, but also heaven. I believe much of this unsettledness, listen to me, much of the unsettledness I believe is coming from God. Much of it. I believe he's allowing it at least to the greatest point. I believe that he's doing what he sees as needed, and I believe he's allowing uh, even Satan the freedom to, to run amok and do things in order to shake this world. God has a reason. He has a plan. The Lord has his purpose. He has his plan. The Lord never just set the world in motion and let what will happen happen. He has a plan. The Lord has a purpose in all that He has done and all that He has created. Nothing is by mistake. Everything is by design with God. Just as He chose Israel and then had to send them into bondage down in Egypt and prepare them for... For that which he would do, and he'd left them there for four hundred years. But he told, he told uh, Joseph, he said, "Hey, listen." He said that at a time, he said, "I'm going to deliver, and I'm going to bring my people out." He had a plan. He brought them into into Egypt, and excuse me. And Joseph was a was a second among command next to Pharaoh. For those years that Joseph was alive, as that began to wane after Joseph died, then there began to be bondage against uh, the Israelites. They begin to use them as slaves. They begin to to torture them, to kill them, to, to even try to keep them from having children, and to even try to destroy their children, uh, casting the uh, uh, the males in, into the into the river, and to try to destroy them, taking the having the uh, 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 the ladies that, that, I'm trying to think of the name, of it, the, the ladies that were uh, midwives that would deliver the children, even threatening them and trying to get them to kill the baby when it was born, sounds like to a modern day America. And uh, trying to destroy them. And so they was in this bondage. And so finally he raises up Moses, bring Moses, which was, was uh, there in, in Egypt. His mother saw that he was a fit child and kept him. And he wound up in, in Pharaoh's house by the Pharaoh's daughter, catching him out of the water and taking him. And, and uh, anyway, it goes uh, how it goes. Uh, and, and Moses had to leave because he had killed uh, an Egyptian. Then God raises him up, brings him back to deliver uh, uh, Israelites out of the hand of Pharaoh. That was all planned. It wasn't by something just went into action. God told him that's what was going to happen. God told him that that's what he would do. It was the plan of God. Everything wasn't rosy and everything wasn't sweet. There was bondage. There was captivity. There was... Destruction on God's people. We find that after they had left there, they went into the land of Canaan. And while they was in the land of Canaan, uh, after, after the, those uh, such as Joshua and others and Caleb had, had passed, passed away, and they began to forget God. So God sends them. We find, you read there in the book of Judges, God sends uh, uh, their enemies in to capture them, to put them under bondage, put them under servitude. They would repent, and they would call on the Lord to deliver them, and the Lord would bring them out. He would deliver them. He would send them a deliverer, and he had told them, if you will follow me, I'll protect you. I'll take care of you, but when you turn away from me, he said, I'm going to send you into bondage. He had a plan. He had a purpose in everything that he was going to do, and he still does today. So when you read the headlines, don't worry God has a plan. He has a a direction. And and yes, there's times of shaking. There's a time of of unsettledness many times. It's been that way down through history. But even more so now as we see the return of the Lord uh, uh, on the horizon. I believe the Lord's doing the same today in shaking, trying to get His people back to Him. Why the shaking? Why the unsettledness? Verse 27 tells us there, He says, And this word... Yet once more signifieth the removing of those things that are shaken as of the things that are made, that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. Can I tell you something? And I mentioned it a while ago when we was talking. There's definitely one thing that will remain. And it's the Word of God. It doesn't matter what the world says about it. It doesn't matter what the people think about it people have have made fun of God's word people have tried to destroy God's word people have tried to twist God's word people have tried to shake people's faith on God's word but the scripture says that it was settled in heaven and when it's settled in heaven it'll never shake it will remain steadfast and true every one of us in this room one day we will be judged by our works and the Bible says that the books were open And we were judged out of those books. Can I tell you that one of the books that will be open will be this book right here. This book right here. And this is how we will be judged from the Word of God. We'll be judged, yes, according to those things that we've done as a Christian. But those who are lost, they will be judged according to their works. But the the book of life will be opened. They'll be judged out of that. Their name is not written in the book of life. They'll be cast into a lake of fire. And so there's some things that are going to be shaken, but there's some things that will remain. In Judges, the Lord delivered the children of Israel, but they'd turn back, as I said. And so he would send in uh, those who would, who would cause them to go under bondage, and, and he would stir their hearts again, trying to get them to come back. I believe that the Lord's trying to get his people, the born-again Christians, to turn their hearts back to him. he say, well, preacher, here we are tonight. Yeah, but you know what? You can knock on doors throughout this town. You can go in other towns, you can do the same thing. You could have done it earlier today, uh, for, even after people got an extra hour of rest, and you'll find people who claim to know Jesus Christ as their Savior that they'll never darken the door of a church. You'll hear them say, well, I don't have to go to church. Well, I guess that's true. The only problem is, is in Hebrews 10:25 it says, forsaking not the assembling of ourselves together such as the manner of some is. Hmm. I hate to get the Bible involved, but it's there. (laughs) The fact is, is that, yes, we are. The Lord tells us to come together. Why? So that we can strengthen one another, so that we can encourage one another, so that we can worship the Lord together. And so there's, there's that that takes place. And so I believe that he's trying to get those to return unto him. I believe the Lord's trying to get his people his heart back in tune with Him, increasing the... Also, I believe that one of the things that's going to take place uh, through the shaking, I believe that He's trying to increase the faith of those who are following Him, those who are already faithful, that you'll grow in Him more, that you begin to see what's taking place and say, you know what, the Lord's trying to do something in my heart and life. He's trying to get me closer to Him. Hey, listen, when things are going good, we don't tend to really get as close to the Lord as we... We don't seem to grow like we should... But when things get tough, when things get difficult, when things begin to shake, when things become unsettled in our lives, as a Christian, the tendency, if you, if you love the Lord, is to try to get closer to Him and to call upon Him and to pray more and to get in the Word of God and seek Him in a greater way because you want some answers. And so I believe the unsettled times, the shaking times that's, that's taking place right now is for everyone in this auditorium to get you and I closer to the Lord. I believe that there's not a person here, but what we have room to grow in the Lord, to know Him in a greater way, to understand the Bible more, to have a sweeter walk with the Lord. There's things in your life, in my life, that needs to be changed. I don't care who you are. I don't care how long you've been saved. I don't care uh, uh, how much you read your Bible, how much you pray. There's things in every person's life that God is working on and will continue to work on until He gets us home. And so that's part of it right there. Those unsettled times, those shaking times, is to awaken us spiritually. Spiritually. One of the greatest things we need. Hey, listen. What if every Christian would have revival in their heart's lives? And when I say revival, I mean come back to the Lord and really get excited about the things God. Really get their hearts stirred. What if everybody would do that? You'd see this nation change. You'd see things change the direction. Uh, you'd see more missionaries hitting the, the mission field. You'd see, you'd see more Christians uh, uh, telling others about Jesus Christ. You, there on goes the list of things that would take place. Do you realize that Sometimes what it takes is, is we, we've got to be shaken before we'll wake up. You know, it's kind of like a person who has diabetes. And they sit down and they like that, that uh, coconut cream pie or that apple pie and they eat that pie. And they don't eat that little bitty piece. I mean, you, you cut that thing That's right. like that. And you eat that. You think, I wonder if the rest of it tastes like that. <laughs> so he cut you another piece. And you begin to have problems. You don't feel well. You go to the doctor and you say, I haven't been feeling well. He says, well, honestly, we, we checked your blood sugar. Your blood sugar is out of control. you got diabetes. Oh, I can handle it. I'll just cut back. And, well, you either cut back or we're going to put you on Medicine. We're going to give you a shot, or you're going to have to start taking pills, whatever. You're going to have to do this yourself. And so you go back, and you're feeling pretty good, and next thing you know, the wife cooks one of them their coconut cream pies again. And you get that coconut cream pie out, and you think, you know, I, 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 I'll drink a diet soda with that. Yeah. <laughs> I was in, I was in, I, 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 I had Algebra 1, Algebra 2, and I learned that if you put a positive here and a negative here, they cancel one another out. <clears throat> so I'll eat that coconut cream pie and I'll drink my diet soda and it just <laughs> cancel it out. Hmm, don't work that way. may work in algebra, but it don't work with coconut cream pie, amen? And so you get feeling bad and before long, you're one day you've ate too much of the wrong thing and, and they're coming and picking you up in an ambulance and taking you and the doctor tells you, okay, and he shakes you. He said, you either, he said, it's too late now. He said, now you're going to have to take the shots and if you don't take the shots or the, take the medicine, you're going to die. It's going to kill you. And it shakes you. And so you begin to become obedient unto that dietary list that he gives you of what, how you should eat and how you shouldn't eat. But it took something to shake you, to get you to where you needed to be. And sometimes the Lord says to every Christian, we need to be shaken to get us where we need to be spiritually, to awaken us to spiritual things you see so many times we're so earthly minded that we don't look at things through the spiritual eyes of God so he wants to increase our faith he wants to increase our walk but another thing that he's trying to do he's trying to purify the church purify the church without being mean there's a lot of a lot of stuff and a lot of things that is called church it's not church and I'm not trying to be mean and I'm not trying to say that we're the only church I'm not that's that's not what I'm saying I'm saying that there's churches by name only can I explain it this way this building is not the church we're the church we're the bride of Christ we are the church you go over in Ephesians chapter 5 it talks about Jesus Christ that. He loved the church and gave him his life for it. Who's he talking about? He's not talking about a building. He's talking about those who are truly born again. And the Lord's going to purify the church. He wants that church to be clean, He wants a church that that, uh, loves Him like He loves it. In fact, He calls it the bride. A person would be crazy just to go out and get somebody, don't, don't even know who they are, don't know anything about them, say, okay, look, hey, listen, I've been wanting to get married. Let's go get married. It doesn't matter if you don't have any teeth in your head. Let's go get married. <laughs> Knowing nothing about them. And as they stand before the justice of the peace, they, he looks at her and the judge says, and what's your name? And he looks at the man and he says, the man looks at her and says, yeah, what, by the way, what is your name? That's how Lily knows about her. He don't know what he's marrying into. You say, preacher, that, people don't do that. But that'd be crazy. I, I agree. The groom wants to have somebody that he loves. He wants to have somebody that loves him. He wants to have somebody that he knows about and cares about and that cares about him. We are the church. We're the bride of Christ. And so the Lord wants a bride that's pure. One that loves Him. One that seeks after Him. Not, not, there's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of church buildings that have what you might call professed Christians in there that don't know Jesus Christ as their Savior. And so part of the shaking is this, is to purify the church. In 1 Peter chapter 4, beginning in verse 16, it says, Yet if any man suffer as a Christian... Let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. He says, hey, listen, if you're suffering because you live for the Lord, he said, there's nothing wrong with it. He said, that's a good thing. Verse 17 says, for the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first begin with us, what shall the end of them be or be of them that obey not the gospel of God? And if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodliness sinner appear? Wherefore, let, him, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to Him in well-doing as unto the faithful Creator. Otherwise, he said, listen, judgment during this time of shaking before the Lord returns back, there's going to be a time of shaking to purify the church, to make sure that it's real, to make sure that people know who really is saved and who really is a Christian. You see, as persecution comes down upon Christians for taking a stand for the Lord, you're going to see people say, that's just a little bit much for me. You know, and they begin to back off. They begin to drop out of church. They begin to go the way of the world. God said he'll purify the church with the shaking of the unsettled times. It makes those who are real show, and those who are not show. See that purifying of the bride, as I said, to present is to present to the Father. In Ephesians chapter five, verse twenty-five says, "Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. Otherwise, the word of God. And those ways says that he may present it to himself a glorious church." not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. He said, I'm going to purify the church. He said, so I'm going to do some shaking. I don't know if you've ever separated any sand or anything like that. And a lot of times what you can do, or you can even take, let's say, flour. And most of us remember, and some of us don't, but a lot of us remember... The old sifters for the flour, Mom or grandma, they'd dip down in that flour and they'd take that little hand crank and they'd go like that or they'd shake it and, and, and it would sift it out. It would break up the, the, uh, the lumps in it and sometimes there would be maybe some impurities in, in that flower back then. There might be uh, wheat hu- uh, holes or husk in there. There might even be a bug or two in there and they would separate things out. God says, I'm going to shake the church because I'm going to separate out that which is not real, that really don't love me, that are not really true born again Christians, and I'm going to have the real bride that loves me. And so the shaking brings that about. As the old saying, you know, a, a rat will flee a sinking ship. I. I I believe that we're going to see those fleeing that don't really believe the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior and don't really trust Him. I believe that the shaking is coming because in order to save the lost in these evil and last days before His return, I believe that God's going to do a work in people. Hey, can I say this? I believe that people are looking for some answers. And I believe that the souls can be saved in life. You can go to some countries right now, um, uh, the Philippines and, and Uganda and different places like that, that people are getting saved. I mean, there's a lot of people getting saved. Their sins are great moving of the hand of God because they've never had the gospel, a lot of them. And, and so now they're getting the true gospel and a lot of them turning to the Lord. I believe that's part of the shaking that's taking place, that they might be saved, but I believe it's also here. There's different ones that I talk to at different times that are going through struggles. One of the things I tell them, I say, well, I look at them and say, do you know Jesus Christ as your savior? Well, I go to church. I didn't ask if you went to church. Do you know Jesus Christ as your savior? Well, I've been baptized. Didn't ask if you've been baptized. Do you know Jesus Christ as your Savior? Well, I'm a, I'm a member of such and such church. Didn't ask you if he was a member of a church. I asked you, do you know Jesus Christ as your Savior? Well, well, well my mama and daddy were, uh, man, they were active in church and they took me. They, I was a drug child, man. I tell you what, they drug me to church every time they went. Didn't ask you if, what your mom and daddy was. I'm asking you, do you know Jesus Christ as your Savior? Well, I hope so. I looked at one young lady one time and I said, not too long ago, I said, that's your problem. You don't know that you're going to heaven. I said, and God's trying to get a hold of your heart. And that's why your life is in a mess, and hers was. And I said, He's shaking you and trying to get you to see your need for Him. Sometimes that's the only way they're going to get saved. You got to hit bottom before you look up sometimes. You got to realize you're lost before you can get saved. And so I believe the Lord is allowing the shaking to bring about those that might get saved. I believe He's increasing the judgment on those who reject Him because He deals with them to draw unto Him and to be saved. You say, what do you mean? I don't understand it. Well, it's like this. I believe that as, as, as we begin as, a, as Christians to begin to realize the need in a greater way in this day and time with the shaking going on, we begin to give the gospel out more and more. It makes them more accountable. And if they reject Jesus Christ, it's going to increase the judgment when they stand before the Lord. And throughout all eternity in hell, they'll remember the times that that somebody uh, gave them a gospel tract. Remember the times that somebody invited them to church. Remember the times that somebody told them how to be saved. Remember the times that somebody explained what happened in their lives and tried to get them to receive Christ as Savior. They'll remember the times that they rejected Jesus Christ. They'll remember the times that they had the opportunity to go to church. They'll remember all that throughout all eternity. Increasing their judgment. The shaking going on now. Trying to get them to turn. You say, well, preacher, I don't see that. You can look at Pharaoh, which we mentioned a while ago, and see how God did that in his life. And increased it and increased it. I believe that the shaking is to fulfill his word in preparation of the return of Jesus Christ in the tribulation period. I've mentioned this and I'll be honest with you. And I, and I have my issues with certain things, but one of the things that in this that's going on right now with the um, vaccine mandate is that they're tying that to to being able to buy, to sell, to work, to travel, to do all those things. You say, Preacher, do you think it's and, and and you have a number of the vial, of the vaccine that That uh, when you got the the vaccination, Richard, you mean that that's the mark of the beast? No, it's not the mark of the beast. Mm -mm. But what the, it's not about the vaccine. It's about getting you to submit to their authority, to give up your liberties, to do what they tell you to do, so that one day when the mark of the beast comes, they'll say, you can't, listen to this. You can't buy, you can't sell, you can't work, you can't travel without the mark of the beast. It's in preparation. So I believe that the shaking is in preparation of, of the tribulation period that's coming. I believe the shaking is in preparation of the return of Jesus Christ. I think that all is working together, so I believe that we have had these things that are taking place. That's why we have the shaking that's going on, the, the unsettledness. So therefore, because of the shaking, let us face the shaking head-on for His glory. You, don't hide. Don't, uh, don't deny it and don't uh, turn your head as though it doesn't exist and, and try to say, I don't want to hear about it. But face it head-on. Look at verse 27-28. Especially the latter part of verse 27 says, And this word yet once more signifieth the removing of those things that are shaken as of things that are made that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. Verse 28, Wherefore we receive a kingdom which cannot be moved. What kingdom that? That's an eternal kingdom. Let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence And godly fear. So how do you face it head on? By His grace. He said, let us have grace. Realize that you have a kingdom awaiting you that cannot be moved. That will stand for eternity. Hey listen, it doesn't matter what Satan or anybody else try to do. Hey listen, if you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, it's settled. It's wrote down. It's marked down. Your name's been written down. He can't get it out of the book of life. Make sure that you're on sure footing with the Lord. That you're not moved. So how do you do that? Number one, make sure you're saved. Bible says, examine yourselves where you be of the faith. If I was to come to you right now individually and say, Do you know Jesus Christ your Savior? Your response would probably be yes. If I was to ask you, how come? What would your answer be? What would your answer be? If you were standing before the Lord today and he says, Why should I let you into my heaven? what would your answer be? What would your answer be? Examine yourselves that you be of the faith, the scripture says. So as you're facing this head on, make sure you're saved. Then make sure that those around you are saved. You know what, every one of us have family and friends and co-workers that, that, uh, that we, we love and we care about. Hey listen, we need to make sure that, that they're saved also the shaking ought to stir our hearts say you know what I know I'm going to heaven but what about my co-worker what about this person what about that person and I, I need to make sure that they're going to heaven how do you face it head on make sure you're saved make sure that those around you are saved and have and enjoy that daily walk with the Lord in His word in prayer listening to the Spirit of God how do you face the day with the Lord? The best way to face the day is with the Lord. With His Word and the promises of His Word and with the, the tender mercies of the Holy Spirit that speaks peace into your heart and life, knowing that He's there and cares for you. Face the day. Face, face the, the, the unsetting. Face the shaking and uh, enjoying the daily walk with the Lord. Face the day, head on, the shaking of the day. By letting your light shine, that others may see Christ. Matthew 5 16 says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. Face the day, you need to seek to be a blessing to others, even as Christ did. They need help, they need encouragement. Face the shaking of the day by sharing the Lord with all that you come in contact with, being sensitive to those that the Lord is dealing with their their hearts and as He shakes this world. And as I said before, I think people are looking for some answers. And I think people are looking for something that's real. Not something that's drummed up, not something that's fake. Face the day by being faithful to the things of God and the Word of God. Face the day by keeping your sins confessed up to the Lord. First John 1 John 1.9, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Face the day by letting the praise and glory of the Lord be in your heart and on your lips and in all circumstances, not just when things are good, but at all times. Face the day that's shaking by keeping a song of praise in your heart. The Psalms, or not Psalm, but Ephesians 5, 19 says, Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we're to face the day. We're faced the shaking in such a way that God gets honor and glory out of our lives. We're not to sit back. We're not to mope. We're not to be, you know, we're not to be withdrawn, but we're to be on fire for the Lord, stirred to lift up the Lord in a greater way than we ever have before, singing praises to His name and lifting Him up and magnifying, pointing others to Christ with our lives and with our mouth and with our actions and all that we do and say. That's how we're to face this shaky day. There's a reason that things are getting shook up. And the Lord wants to use you and me in this time of shaking that we might reach others for Him and bring honor and glory to His name. And then lastly, let us realize the power and the love of our God during these shaking times. Verse 28 says, Wherefore are we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved? Let us have grace. Notice what he says. Whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence in godly fear for our God is a consuming fire so many times what we face and what we call as difficult times is what we need to get us closer to God to get us on our knees to get us in the book to get us to go across the street to tell somebody about Christ Sometimes those difficult times that we look at and we, we, we cry unto the Lord, Why, Lord? And here's a strange answer. The Lord allows it because He loves you. When I used to get in trouble, enough trouble to get a whipping, that wasn't a lot, but enough. My dad would take off his belt. We'd go in, put our hands on the bed. And he'd give us a whipping with his belt. My brother got a lot more than I did. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not trying to be funny. He did. My brother had a smart mouth. He had to have the last word all the time. All the time. And he was belligerent about things at times. And we'd get into it and we'd get in trouble and both of us get a whipping or whatever. Oh, preacher, I bet that just warped your psyche. No, it warped something else. (laughs) But not my psyche. You know why my dad did that? It wasn't because he was mad. I don't ever remember my dad disciplining us when he was mad. He was stern. He was the boss. He was the head of the home. But he did it because he loved us. If you let a child do what they want to do, thinking that you're loving them and that you love them, that's not love. I'm going to be honest with you, that's really child abuse. A child needs to be disciplined. The Bible deals with that. I'm going to preach on that tonight, but that's needed. As a child of God, there needs to be discipline in our lives. And sometimes the unsettledness and the shaking is that discipline to get us to turn back to the Lord. You want those difficult times that we go through sometimes? It's not because he's mad at us. It's because he loves us. And I'm not saying that Rick and I don't have our problems, but you know what? We're both pastoring churches today. Didn't hurt us a bit. He loved us. You know what? Sometimes God has to discipline our lives and shake us up a little bit. And it's because he loves you. And he wants you to love him. And he wants you to get close to him. And he cares about you. Sometimes it seems grievous. Sometimes it seems beyond our control. And sometimes we go through some difficulties, a shaking that is meant for somebody else. And I'll be honest with you. Sometimes I got in trouble when it was Rick's fault. It usually was his fault. <laughs> but you know what? It'll be for the glory of the Lord. Matthew 5 45 says that you may be the children of your father which is in heaven for he maketh his son to shine on the evil and on the good and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust and so when we're going through the shaking of these times many times to bring others to Christ or to try to draw the church back and you may be saying Well, I'm trying to live for the Lord and you're going through the difficult times just realize that sometimes we're going to be in the way, you might say, of what's going on. But it's not because God doesn't love you. In fact, He probably wants you to get something out of it. He wants you to draw closer to Him. So let us face these shaking times for the glory of the Lord and for an opportunity to live in a greater way for the Lord and to know Him in a greater way than we ever have before. I kind of preach that as... Kind of our last message in that series. The fact is, is that the unsettled times, the shaking, is even for you and me to get us closer to our Savior, to know the Lord in a greater way, to be a witness for Him, to bring honor and glory to His name. Don't look at it as something that is so horrible and terrible but it's something that God is trying to use in your life and the lives of others for His honor and glory. Let's pray. Father, we come to you this evening. Maybe tonight, Lord, there may be somebody here that doesn't know Jesus Christ their Savior. Maybe they need to look at their lives, examine themselves, whether they be of the faith. Lord, in these last days, they need to make sure that they know Christ their Savior. Lord, I pray that they'd come. Let's take a Bible show them how to be saved. Lord, I pray every one of us would look at what's going on and realize, hey, listen, this is a, is a shaking that should draw us closer to you, not push us away. Help us to have an understanding that you're trying to get us on the firing line. Help us to draw closer to you, to see revival, to see, see us, Lord, grow in you. Have your one way in every Christian's life that's in this room. Help us to be a witness and testimony for you this week. People are searching. People are looking. People need answers. People need prayer. People need to know our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Have your will and Lord. May we grow in you. May we walk with you for this, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand with our heads bowed, our eyes closed. No one looking around.